What's up, everybody? This is John Bush from Armored Saint, and you are cranking it up on Mars Attack. Okay, what's up, everybody? This is Ross the Boss from the Dictators NYC and Death Dealer, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. This is Brittany Slays from Unleash the Archers, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. This is Billy Keaton with Audiotopsy, and you're listening to Mars Attack with Victor. Looking forward to seeing everybody on tour and releasing Natural Causes and putting the metal down. Thank you very much. Hey there, this is Joey Vera from Armored Saint, and you are listening to Mars Attack. Hey all, here's Andrea Pizzer from Sepultura in De La Tierra, and you're listening to Mars Attack. Enjoy. Hey, Logan Mader here from Once Human. You're listening to Mars Attack. Yo, what's up? This is Frank Fellow from Anthrax, and you are listening to Mars Attack. Turn it up! Hello, everybody. This is Max Cavalera, Soulfly. You're listening to Mars Attack. Stay metal. This is Kurt Winstein from Crowbar, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Hey, this is Eric from Ironhot, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Welcome, one and all, to episode number 129 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor, and well, well, it has been a very long time. It has been roughly three months since the last episode of Mars Attacks, and I do apologize for that. I do apologize to all of the bands who I still have to put their interviews out uh, in the neighborhood of the low 20s. They will all be coming out shortly. Uh, unfortunately, since these interviews were conducted from the fall onward, uh, some of the news may have changed. Some of the things may have been updated and whatnot, but still fairly interesting in my opinion. So they will be rolling out slowly but surely. Um, it isn't as if I was just sitting back and with my thumb up my nose and doing nothing here. <laughs> um Plenty of things going on, some things I can get into, some things I can't get into. Uh, among the things that I can get into are the fact that, uh, and I just realized this tonight, I, I remembered I'd completely forgot about it. had a hard drive, shit the bed on me, right after purchasing it, a week after purchasing it. And wouldn't you know it, a lot of my podcasting files were there. So podcasting files as in commercials that I had set up or promos or different types of assets that I used during this podcast were gone. Uh, there were some things that I was able to back up that I had backed up and I was able to recover. There are a few things that I'm going to use from today's episode that uh, that I just found now because I completely forgot that I'd put them together. And they were supposed to go into, you know, shows starting in late November. Uh, due to the layoff, I completely forgot. And um, basically, the the two main ones that I worked on today were some endeavors that I've started up since, some that were going since before. Uh, but I'll get to that in a second. So, yeah, hard drive failure, failure which really sucked. Um I've also been bummed out for a really long time and trying to think of how to put this without shooting myself in the foot. Um, 
I've really been bummed out about what took place last year with uh, with my involvement with Talking Metal, basically. Uh, just really bummed out about how everything came about. And, you know, initially, and actually I should say this, I, I still do listen to their podcasts. I do still support what they do. And actually, they're nice enough to support what I do as well. I just wish that things could have been handled in a different fashion, and I mean, there's really no reason why I couldn't have continued there. There, I mean, there were reasons that were given to me, and I, I mean, they still have never made sense to me, but whatever. Um, I want to leave things on, on good terms. It's just that I've been really bummed out about the whole situation, especially because being one of the few people that were part of the Talking Metal family, not only part of the Talking Metal family, you know, I did help produce the radio shows, Um, you know, I did help, I did help them connect with Mitch LaFon, I was the catalyst behind all that, and I was the one that jumped on that right away, and said, hey, you know, we, we really need to get Mitch involved because he's got a good fan base. And I did that with a lot of different shows, and it just never came to fruition for whatever reason. Uh, shows were supposedly not up to snuff or whatnot, so, you know, they, they weren't used. Um, I will say this. Uh, since then, I did sort of get together with... Um, with rock from radioactive metal and we did start a new network and it is called the blast syndicate you'll hear a commercial for that in a little bit and the blast syndicate is what i had envisioned the talking metal digital network or however you want to call it it's how i envisioned it becoming um i pretty much started that with mark striegel and it's unfortunate that, once again, things could not continue down the path where they were at. But, you know, whatever. It's the name of... it. It's it's his property. It's what he, you know, chooses to do with it. And and that's that. So I'm, it was cool to hear John Astronomy back on their show. Uh, I think a lot of people were calling for that. Uh, they wanted to hear him, although... You know, at different points in time when I was involved with the show, I did receive all types of fan mail all the time saying the, saying the opposite. And I know that, you know, they have as, as well. But, you know, whatever. That's, again, that's their deal. And, and to me, I think it's great that he's back on. I've always been a fan of the two of them, and, and they've done a lot for me. And... You know, I guess when you look up to people and when things don't work out the way that you want them to, then it really truly bums you out. And so that's why I've been really bummed. But again, it was the catalyst for getting Blast Syndicate together. Blast Syndicate is pretty much what the Cast Iron Ring, just sort of the core of Cast Iron Ring, plus a few other shows that we felt would be good to uh, to pair up with what we have going on. So, of course, Mars Attacks and Radioactive Metal are part of the Blast Syndicate, but so are Focus on Metal, Inside Metal, uh, Iron City Rocks, 
the Metal Geek podcast, Metal Geeks, I should say, excuse me, the MSR cast, which is done by the same guys down there in Houston. And uh, those guys were part of the old uh, Mark Striegel radio. Uh, it was very cool to connect with them. Uh, it was also one of those shows that I really pushed pushed for to get on Talking Metal Digital, but, uh, you know, was was never greenlit, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, um, and the last show is Wiki Metal from down in Brazil. So please support the Blast Syndicate shows. If you want to subscribe to the Blast Syndicate feed, we have it up on iTunes, and you can also go to BlastSyndicate.com. Uh, possibly there will be a show down the road that we may do. We we sort of tested it out um, with Cast Iron Ring. We did one Kiss-related show, and we've talked about doing it with Blast Syndicate a little. The, the issue there is I've been so busy with uh, Ear Peeler that it has been virtually impossible. I haven't gone back to broach the situation again. Uh, I do want to thank you guys that have been supporting not only the podcast, but have gone to Earpeeler as well and use that as a way to check out other podcasts, to check out interviews and uh, different things. Uh, let me know what you guys think. I've sort of branched things out beyond just hard rock and metal. I'm doing all types of uh, rock podcasts have thrown stuff in there with guests that are from that aren't from the you know rock based genres. There are there is some country interviews and hip hop stuff on there as well. Uh, I figure if if I'm using a source for hard rock and metal when they do branch out and do other things, there's no reason why I shouldn't be posting that stuff as well and. Like myself, I know that a lot of you out there are interested in other forms of music, so that's really why uh, I'm doing that. So hopefully you guys enjoy that. And man, it's been a long and hard process. It is it is just me with Ear Peeler, and the month of January was very trying. It was 14 to 20 hour days, and it was pretty pretty strenuous. It was. Work until you pretty much have no more energy. Go to sleep for two, three hours. Get up and do some some more work on the site, you know, until I uh, catch, you know, maybe another hour or two of sleep in the afternoon. And then continue to do more of the same. So, um... It it is it has been an interesting journey. Uh, more and more people are checking the site out. If you are a podcaster and I'm not um, publishing your information regarding to your shows, there is a link right on the homepage, right on earpeeler.com, where you can drop us a line. Please do so and let me know. Give me your RSS. Uh, let me know what. Um, what you have going on and I'd be more than happy to you know let others know as well the the whole thing is to try to you know spread the word of other great shows we all put a lot of work and time into our podcasts into the interviews that we do and there's no reason why um you know people shouldn't find out about it unfortunately the larger sites don't post things unless there's some type of you know, like TMZ-type 
storyline. You know, um, uh, Dave Mustaine says Lars Ulrich cornholed him back in 83. You know, if it isn't something like that, then they're really steering from a lot of these great shows. And there's no reason why, you know, why people shouldn't be checking the, these other interviews out. Um, if you're a fan of, say, soil work, I've done a, a ton of things where I've posted where they've interviewed, you know, like Metalwani from, from India. It's a Indian U.S.-based site. And actually they have someone up in Germany as well where they're interviewing, where they've interviewed uh, the lead singer um a bunch of other sites from Australia have as well if you're a fan of that band you can check out all the different things going on um Nico McBrain just uh relaunched with Sonar Drums there's a whole, there are a, a few different sites that have posted interviews with him based on that from from the NAM shows uh, just gear from NAM I've posted a bunch of stuff from that as well I see that a lot of people have been digging those types of things as well so <clears throat> Excuse me there, almost uh, <laughs> almost choked. Um, but yeah, so so I'm trying to make this more appealing for you guys. If there are any suggestions, again, just go to the contact um, and you can do that there. Uh, there are a bunch of other shows that I've really gotten into. I really enjoy what Jamie Just is doing with his show. Uh, just a completely different point of view than, than anyone else, you know, um, with his insight, and not only from Headbangers Ball, but just stuff that from his own recording in this, um, from being part of the music industry, I should say, and him recording and all the different shenanigans he's had to go with, just questions that he's asked different people. It's just, it's just really cool to hear it because if I ask, you know, some of these guests some of these questions, you know, I'd hear click and that would be the end of the interview. But because. He's got, you know, a ton of weight behind him. These people have to answer or at least make an effort to do so or, you know, do do the pull an audible out and uh, and try to go in a different direction so that his questioning doesn't steer towards that specific topic that may be, you know, that may touch on, on some sort of a nerve, you know. So, um so, yeah, so I think he's great at doing all that stuff. Um, another one, too, that, that I've started to listen to from now and then, I mean, depending on the topic, is uh, the classic metal show, which a lot of this stuff does crack me up. Um, it's been interesting listening to some of the comments regarding the Def Leppard cruise and that whole debacle and... And man, oh man, um, them talking about uh, Eddie Trunk's comments, you know. um, I've said this before, Eddie is someone that I grew up listening to when I was, you know, maybe even before I was a teenager when he was doing local radio on uh, WDHA in northern New Jersey. And again, another guy that, you know, I've asked him seven, eight times to be on the show, and it's always been an excuse so you see him go on Despot Geek Podcast, and you're like, what the fuck? You know, I've been asking him for years. He said no. He goes on Decibel Geek. Um, he goes on, He goes on. you know, all types of other shows, and, and you think, you know, well, what's, what's the deal? You know, why can't I talk to him? And 
again, someone that I've listened to my whole entire life. Um, so it just it it just sucks. But you know, you can look look this up on Ear Peeler. There's an interview he did with Psycho Babble back in November, and this is something that. Uh, that the classic metal show talks about, and actually, this is something that sort of irked me about the latest episode of um, of Metal Raps with uh, Mitch Joel just going on a uh, name dropping tirade. Yes, okay, cool. You got into Nam, you got to hang out with Robert Mason, and then you, it's just name after name after name after name. All right, cool. Well, that's that's well and awesome. All right, cough clap. You know. Um, but uh yeah so so it turns out that uh you know on psychobabble they ask uh Eddie Trunk well you know what what's your idea of the state of music today and he goes well you know music isn't going to be around because people are downloading things and radio stations aren't giving new bands a try and you know this and that and the metal scene and the hard rock scene is going to degenerate and blah 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 so the host says, oh, okay, well, who are some of the newer bands that you're into? Well, um, there's this band I helped put together called the Winery Dogs, and you'll hear this during my interview with Eric Kluber. I, I didn't mention the host at the time, but it was, it was Eddie Trunk. And I'm thinking, you know, what the fuck? You just go on this tirade about how no one gives new bands a chance, but... You know, oh, what what band, you know, what new band are you listening to? I'm listening to the Winery Dogs with Mike Portnoy, who no matter what project he's involved in, he's got a million fans. Billy Sheen, who's in pretty much the same boat. And Richie Kotzen as well. So as much as it's cool that he got those guys together, if that's an, if that's really true or not, you know, that's another story. But... um. Shit, if you go on this whole tirade about how newer bands aren't given a chance, why do you bring those guys up, you know? Even, you know, you look at what Talking Metal does, you look at what Mitch LaFon does with one-on-one with Mitch LaFon. He's been big on pushing the biters or, um, biters, I'm sorry, or, you know, bands, lesser-known Swedish hard rock bands uh, that aren't, as known in the public, yes, they're diehards. Know it. Um, followers of melodicrock.com know about this shit. But, um, you know, it isn't that the general public knows who Eclipse is or, you know, things of that nature. That to me, or Mustache, for example, a band that's been around forever. If you say new band, you say, well, no, this isn't really a new band, but this is a band that maybe not too many people know about in the States. Well, there you go. Then then that's sort of a reason to bring something like that up. Not, hey, let's just name drop for name drop's sake. You know, okay, it's cool. Yes, Eddie, you've been around since the late 80s. I know this. I have cassettes of you interviewing Eric Carr. Um, I have cassettes of Cheryl Richards calling you the fat donut boy at Dunkin' Donuts. Um, I was one of those geeks that stayed up to 12 midnight to hear the metal news back then. You know, because just reading Circus and Hit Parader and Cream and Metal Edge wasn't enough. I needed to know what was going on with, 
you know, with the metal news. <laughs> so I was a fan from way back when, but I think it, you know, it's sort of shitty that when something comes up to promote a new band, you just bring up someone who doesn't need, you know, the the recognition because they're going to pull it in on their own. <laughs> you know, it's... Um, well, I have this project with Bruce Dick. I helped put together with Bruce Dickinson, Tony Iommi, um, Nikki Six, and yeah, like that would happen. But um, and Bobby Blotzer, yeah, a new band, yeah. But <laughs> these guys have collectively sold how many millions of albums? How big is their fan base? You know, come on. So lame. <laughs> um. What else? Outside of Ear Peeler and Blast Syndicate, I also have another podcast, which I need to thank uh, Chris Vaglio for for taking over the editing duty, because if not, it would have been nearly or next to impossible for me to do it with every show. I mean, I was taking forever to edit these shows because I just didn't have the time to do so. And Chris has done the last few episodes and will hopefully continue to do so. And it is Galaxy of Geeks podcast. And we talk about what you would expect. Um, Star Wars, uh, superhero movies, X-Files, all things of that nature. So um, check it out, galaxyofgeeks.net. And we're up on iTunes. Please subscribe. And if not, I mean, I I may do something along the lines of what Mark Striegel does with Metal Raps, with including an episode here or there as part of the Talking Metal stream. I don't know that I'll do a full episode on Mars Attacks, but maybe like a chunk of an episode. And um, I'm talking to Chris about coming on the show and doing different things as well. So... He has been on once in the past. Maybe he'll be part of more episodes. So uh, there you have it. And uh, anyway, I've talked for quite a long time here. I was going to get into uh, various tracks and this and that that I had planned, but I'll probably do that next episode because the interview will be a little shorter And it does sort of tie into this because, as Eric mentions during this episode, and the guest is Eric Kluber, who I've interviewed as part of White Wizard, as part of Gypsy Hawk, um, him on his own. Uh, I believe this is the third or fourth time he's coming on the show. And this time around, he's got a few different projects he's working on. Uh, He's working with Iron Knot. Another band with uh, Giovanni Durst, who was part of White Wizard also, uh, called uh, Omichida. And uh, the final band is a track called, a track, excuse me, a band called Void Vader, which has Lucas from Heaven Below, their lead guitarist, on lead vocals and lead guitar. And now uh, Eric plays bass and lead vocals in Iron Knot. He does um, lead guitar in Omichida, and he does um, rhythm guitar <laughs> in um, in Void Vader. So, 
Uh, he's all over the place. And, you know, this is what a lot of different musicians out in L.A. have commented about what they're doing now. A lot of different people. You have, like, Bill Hudson, who was part of Celador, who recorded with Logan Mater in his uh, Once Human project. And he's recorded with Trans-Siberian Orchestra and a bunch of different people. So, you know, it's it seems to be the common thing. Hey, you got to do what you need to do to make ends meet, right? So, uh, there you go. In any event, let's get into... We're going to play three tracks throughout this episode. And it'll be one for each of the projects that, uh, that we're going to talk to Eric about. We're going to kick things off with a little Iron Knot. When we come out of the interview, we'll play a little... Um, we'll play a little Void Vader and we'll leave things off with Omichita. So there you go. Um, I was actually playing the Iron Knot EP to get all psyched for my, uh, my son's first soccer game. (laughs) He's four years old and you got these parents thinking that their kids are Fucking Leo Messi at four years old. It is ridiculous how people get. So um, I just want to make sure he has fun, has a good time and whatnot. And I was just flipping through my phone, playing different tracks on the way up. And right before going into his 7 nothing defeat, <laughs> I was banging my head along to Horned Goat by Iron Knot. Let's check that out, and then right after, we will jump into the interview with Mr. Eric Kluber. Oh, no. 
podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear, go to earpeeler.com to find out what we're all about. Welcome one and all to another episode of the Mars Attacks podcast. Joining me, I think he might be the person that's been on the show the most, Mr. Eric Kluber, uh, currently of a bunch of different bands, and we are going to talk to him about a bunch of different projects that he is working on. Uh, Eric, how are things out there in California? Outstanding, Victor. Great to talk to you again. Weather's cleared up a bit. It's been raining out here. What's funny is that this place gets two inches of rain. (laughs) You have, like, drastic floods. Right. You have interstates being shut down. Like they have no idea or concept how to how to handle rain. So, <laughs> meanwhile in LA, I have to make some posts about that. Yeah, it's good, buddy. Good, buddy. Good to hear from you again. <laughs> Absolutely, and that's you shifting your focus from meanwhile in Detroit to meanwhile in LA. <laughs> yeah, we got to be fair. <laughs> so. Out in L.A., you obviously have, as I just mentioned, a bunch of different projects you're working on. Uh, You actually recently released a video, a really cool-looking video, for an EP you just released. And let's talk a little bit about the band. I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. It is Iron Knot, is it not? Exactly. (laughs) Iron Knot, exactly. (laughs) Well, that video, I'm glad you saw it. We just released it this week. It's for the first song on our new album. It's called Horned Goat, and it was done by a friend of mine named Chris Hanaway, who's been working with me since the days of Overloaded. Huh. And he did some work with Gypsy Hawk. He did some live videos, and we performed in Detroit. And uh, I'm, I'm so impressed with what he did, yeah. because I wanted a lyric video. A lot of people just enjoy lyric videos, and he took it, a million times further. He asked me for some quick cell phone footage, so we did a one-take in the rehearsal space of us playing along to the song individually. Sent it to him, and a lot of our artwork in our CD has a World War... Well, the entire CD itself. Artwork theme is World War I. Mm -hmm. And so he uh, included... I I sent him some pictures I'd found on the Internet, uh, some of them that we had licensed to include in our CD, and... um, he just took it a step further and got some World War One footage and interjected that. And then uh, he, he printed out a ton of photos from the actual cell phone video itself and did some stop motion work. So he took the ball and ran with it. And I'm, I'm absolutely stoked. I think it's a very professional video yeah. and I'm getting a lot of great response from it. What do you think, man? No, absolutely. When I started to see it, I'm thinking, holy shit, what what was the budget on this like? Because I see a lot of lyric videos and just regular videos from big-name bands that look shitty, look like they really didn't care about you know how the video was put out there. It's just like, oh, well, we got to do a video, whatever. We'll hire some animation guy, and it looks cheesy. And this looked like... You know, a, a really kick-ass, full-blown video that you would think a huge label would be behind, and um, that is the beauty. That's the beauty yeah. of today's technology. That's it. Yeah. And you know, Chris has the passion. Once again, his name is Chris Hanaway, and there's links on our page. If anyone else is interested in working on him, like I said, I've been working with him in, for years, and I'm so happy that to hear 
how you, you perceive the video is exactly what we were going for. Like, I know Chris has so much passion. They give him some direction and then let him run with his creativity. And, yeah, he puts in way more work than he probably should. Right. But, um, you know, we paid him. We, we compensated him for sure. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like it was done for free. But compared to the 90s, I mean, I think it's a video that could have been on MTV in the 90s. It's, that is one of the beauties about uh, modern technology and if you know how to use it and have creativity. Absolutely. So let's talk about how you got into Iron Knot. Obviously, it's very different for anyone that's followed you through any of the bands that you just brought up uh, because you're obviously behind the bass. You've played some bass in the past, but it was sort of mm-hmm. filling in. It wasn't your main instrument in the band, and you obviously weren't singing lead vocals. So how did all that yeah. come about? <laughs> well, at this point, what year was it? Was it 2014? I think that's when Gypsy Hawk broke up, and I had to start all over. And, you know, I've had amazing luck with Craigslist, which I'm not sure if they have it in Spain. Oh, they do. <laughs> Do they do? Yeah, they have it all I over just, the world practically. Okay, now. you know, I just, I just making sure everyone. I'm sure everyone's aware of it, but anyway, it's kind of like how in Detroit there's Kroger, in LA there's Ralph's, and it's the same exact store but different names. <laughs> right. Okay. Anyways, I, I I found White Wizard through there. Uh, White Wizard broke up, and then I went through a year of joining a bunch of projects, and I found Gypsy Hawk about a year later through Craigslist, and then once again I went to the to the Craigslist. And if you've ever gone through it, it's like 99% horse shit. <laughs> but for some reason, I found Pat's, Pat's uh, ad very quickly. And I clicked on it. I think it was just uh, a list of influences. He had some stoner rock stuff. I think he mentioned the sword. I mean, Sabbath's kind of like the, the all-around go-to. But I, I like that he mentioned bands like High and Fire, the sword, some of the non-everyday uh, bands that you see in ads. Clicked right. on it, and he had some demos that he had recorded on his own. And quick note, uh, Giovanni Durst, he actually hired, from White Wizard, he actually hired Giovanni to play the drums on his demos. Huh. Which is, you know, just, out, just such a small world. That's just a complete coincidence. I didn't find that out until months later. But, and um, I liked the music. So I got a hold of him, and he was looking for a bass player. And, and I, ha- I owned a bass. I filled in on bass before. He had a drummer. And I thought it was worth, worth pursuing. So I learned like four of his songs on bass. And I went down and jammed with him. And the jam, I, I, just, I wasn't feeling it. And quite honest, the drummer at, at the time he had, I wasn't into. So we just jammed once. And uh, I looked at did some other projects tried out some other things so i kept in touch with pat because i really did like his material and winter came around i'm like hey let's try this again i brought in a new drummer because he had uh he and the other drummer had split up and and uh this drummer um he didn't work out but then we found ivan who i had met years before in in, uh, when i was playing in gypsy hawk and uh we brought him out because he just mentioned casually, hey, we should jam sometime. And you never really take that seriously. Like, yeah, whatever, if I have time, right. this and that. But I'm like, are you serious, man? Check these songs out, just the demos of Hats. And he's like, yeah, I like it. I really dig it. I'm like, okay, that's a good first sign. So let's get together. And then it instantly clicked. So that's how I got in the project. And so I played bass 
out of necessity <laughs> because um, have you been in bands, Victor? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. I wasn't wasn't sure if you had enough. A band without a bass player sounds terrible. Yep. It's awful. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's, you know, having one guitarist, one bassist, and a drummer, you're, musically, you're a, you're a complete unit. Having two guitarists and a drummer, in my opinion, you're absolutely not. Right. So, it, it was out of necessity. And to be quite honest, I mean, I, I like playing music and uh, kind of looked at it as a new challenge and uh, something, something different to sink my teeth into. And um, yeah, I was willing to give it a shot. And so that's how we got together. And then so we spent some time trying to, well, we wrote songs and that happened pretty quickly. We rearranged some of Pat's old songs and then he had a, some new ideas and then we just like piece them together and collaborate and write together. And so that was coming along well. And one of my biggest things is that I feel that bands need to move quickly. If it's going to happen, it, it can't take forever. Uh, since some of my local bands back in Detroit, that was, I think it was some of their biggest downfalls is just moving too slowly. And it's not like you have to, it's almost like people pull back on the reins way too hard. I just think you need to push a little, not over, not over push, but anywho, I was like, instead of just waiting in a rehearsal space indefinitely, trying to mi hopefully find a singer, let's start playing out live. We'll do mm -hmm. it instrumentally, and hopefully there'll be a guy out there, because we had had no luck, almost no responses through Craigslist. It's like no one was interested in this style of music at all. Hmm, that's surprising. And a few people that were auditioning, were, were, uh, they weren't good. They weren't good at all. <laughs> and then I think there was like one guy maybe two that had some potential, but then it's like their schedules. They're just like, yeah, you know, I can't really do it. I don't have time. So we went out and we were playing. We played instrumentally. We had a, we had a pretty good reception. We did like two or three shows. We even did a show at the Viper Room opening for Fireball Ministry hmm. instrumentally. And, and people enjoyed it. You know, we got a good reception. Um, and, and then we, summer came and we were going to record a demo at this point because we had quite a bit of material stored up and so we uh, got in contact with Paul Fig and he's a producer he's done worked with Allison Chains he's worked with uh, Shadows Fall Ghost Huntress a lot of a lot of um, big names in the in the metal world right and um, I found him through through Jim Rhoda who okay. was in Fireball Ministry because I was invited to participate and be an actor in a music video that Jim Rhoda had produced the song of. And that was, uh, the guy whose name was Nate Mandel, and he plays bass for the Foo Fighters. He has a mm -hmm. solo project called Lieutenant. So on St. Patrick's Day, it was me and Eli from Holy Grail and Pete Majors from Harasser, and he was drummer. And we were like the fake black metal band <laughs> and this very mellow, beautiful song that uh, Nate Mandel dressed up as like this satanic priest or, or warlock and burnt the church down and it was pretty cool if, any, if you uh, get a chance to look it up but I was talking to Jim I'm like hey I'm in this band Iron Knot and uh, we want to record a demo do you know any good studios that have professional sound within a budget though because we're a startup band and we're doing it DIY he was like yeah mine and that's how he, he gave me Paul Figg's number and so yeah he was he was excited about it so 
we were either going to do it instrumentally, because that's what we had, and we didn't really have a singer. And I was like, you know what? Let me try. Let me try to sing for real. I've done backup vocals. I did a short project with some of like Andrew and Ian from Gypsy Hawk. Mm-hmm. We did just like a cover project, and it was, you know, it was just for fun. And I did the vocals for that. And uh, we gave it a shot, and and Pat kind of just like gave me a list of words. I think the first song we did was Yellow King, which at the time was like called Nuclear Wind. And and so I took his words and I kind of arranged them in a way that made sense to me mm-hmm. on the spot. And uh, they're like, dude, that doesn't sound bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it wasn't mind-blowingly awesome, but we were like, let's give it a shot. So I sat down and like for the first time ever constructed a song. So I took his words, I rearranged them, and I filled in the blanks and tried to make a story that seemed to make sense out of it. And we did the next two songs in that fashion. And the vocals just got better and better. And, um, and then I just I finished the last two songs myself. So that's how I got into the singing. It was just out of necessity because no one else, we could not find another singer. And, you know, over the years, people have said, you know, you should really try it. And I always, I guess I was just lazy or <laughs> just didn't go for it. You know, it's a bit intimidating. It's, it's like, wow, what, write lyrics and, and, and sing notes <laughs> and construct the, the melodies. And what, but it's, um, once again, it's a, it's, I found it to be a very, like, it's a great challenge. And um, it feels good when you, when if, when you do this, you get a, a creative rush out of writing verses, and sometimes you're like, "Oh, that's actually kind of funny or witty, or you know, like like, well, I just wrote a story." <laughs> so it's a it's a new branch of uh, music, and I wish I'd done it a long time ago. I wish I'd done it when I started, man. Even just like singing like Guns N' Roses cover songs, that would have been a good <laughs> thing to do. It's just a good asset. Right. And it's, it's been turning out well, man. I mean, I think people are surprised every time they hear the voice, like, dude, is that you? I can't <laughs> believe it. I'm like, yeah. Um, I must sound like a total pussy or something in my, my speaking voice. To be like, I cannot, I cannot believe that's you singing. I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> so, I think people are so used to, as you're saying, seeing you as a lead guitarist, seeing you or hearing you as a uh, you know, backup vocalist, that when you actually have that sort of spotlight on you that, you know, people are waiting to see where you're going to go with that direction. And I myself was caught off guard, not caught off guard, but same deal. You know, you're like, where's this going to go with Eric on lead vocals? And once you finally sit (laughs) down and hear it, you're like, holy shit, it all, it all works. It, you know, it all gels together. And you could definitely hear a lot of the influences of the bands that, uh, that you mentioned. And I mean, well, there there are, I'll tell you this, first of all, I've spoken to a couple guys like Kirk from Crowbar. We opened for them huh. uh, the day after Halloween. Right. And I was just talking to him for a minute. And um, I've seen Crowbar many times over the past 20 years. Um, and so he's like, dude, that's, that's how I started singing. I just, <laughs> I just no need would do it. And so I got up there and did it. And here he is. And I was like, right. I've heard that story a decent amount of times. And I, it's very natural. It wasn't contrived. You know, it was just, it really was a situation where we couldn't find a singer. We didn't want to be an instrumental band, although we could have pursued that route. I, I, well, we did not want to. And we were like, all right, let's do it. 
let's let's put this up and see if this works. We work together, rearrange the songs, because it's one way. It's one thing to write songs instrumentally, and it's another way. Then you realize, oh wait, well we wrote it that way because it would be boring without vocals. You have to you have to rearrange things. So right. it was it was a good collaborative effort, and um, yeah, I found it like um, there's, there's just been a lot of a lot of singers that I like, and it, it's been a good opportunity to just go in that direction, which obviously I've never, never had the chance to before. Right. I've always been a big Entombed fan. LG Petroff, I've always loved his voice. Uh, I really like Dave Mustaine. I like his, his wit, his kind of snotty, sarcastic style, <laughs> the things that he says. Right. So it's, it's been a chance to go in that vein. And in the, in the 90s, there was a band me and my friends are really into called Acid Bath, mm-hmm, right. which made some big waves or kind of big, but uh, in the underground, I suppose. And they had, a, they had some great approaches and none of my other bands were really ever in that realm. So it was, it's been fun to go in that direction on my own, you know, and, and those are some, some sources that I, I draw from and I found it to be really cool, man. Um, fulfilling, I suppose you could say, and we're just getting started. It's all uncharted territory, which makes it exciting. And it did come together, so that's how uh, the whole singing thing happens. I'll quit rambling now. <laughs> <laughs> the the interesting thing there as well, with all these different influences that you're mentioning, is this is obviously the heaviest band you've ever been in. Not to say that none of the other bands haven't been heavy in their own way, but just Balls to the wall it heaviness. Is. This is by far. I, mean, I I'll tell you this. Um, at first, a lot of that has to do with Pat. I mean, he our tunings are C sharp standard or drop B, mm-hmm. and I'd say more of our songs are in drop B than C sharp standard, which is by far the lowest I've ever tuned. And at first, so it's kind of like I don't know why, just sort of out of like, man, maybe that's just too low, you know. Um, can we just do like straight D? And he's like, well, C sharp isn't that much lower than that. And the sword, the swords, uh, tunes the straight C. And it was just like a quick conversation. Cause like Gypsy Hawk was E flat. White wizard was E standard, uh, overloaded was E flat slash drop D flat or C sharp. However you look at it. So it's the lowest, uh, so the tuning itself is just as low and heavy, which has been, you know, so that's one way of doing it. And then the, yeah, the riffs are, that's what I loved about it, man. I mean, Pat writes great riffs that I immediately got into and similar to how I write as well. I could vibe and he, he, they're not cliche. He goes out of his way to not take the typical routes, the typical chord progressions. He'll shake them up a little bit. Sometimes a little too much. I'm like, Pat, there's no reason to change the riff four times every single, you know, every single time it goes through a sequence. It, the tag doesn't have to change like two or three notes every time. Those are little musician arguments we get into, or conversations. But um, yeah, it's just come across it's heavy. I, I guess you know, it's like I said, I've, I've always loved bands like Entombed, and to me, that type of music is like it, that's uh still very musical and melodic to me. I mean, I guess it's pushing a bit of an edge of like how heavy can you get 
was still having a beat and a groove, still mm-hmm. ha- having it not just sound like noise. There is a limit that I find where it's too much. Right. It's my own personal line in the sand. And I guess this is, and it seems to be the same with the three of us. We all seem to really gel and enjoy this music and have a similar outlook of like, yeah, this is, this is what we're supposed to do. It's very natural. So it's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's one of those, just another uh, destiny or, you know, it's, I guess it was just, it was supposed to happen. Give this band a shot. Gotcha. All right. And <laughs> you've had accolades also from our good friends over at Metal Assault who listed the EP as, or the band itself, is one of the things to look forward to in 2016. Um, what are the overall plans for the band in 2016? Are you guys looking to put out a full length? Are you looking to tour behind the EP? What exactly do you guys have planned? Good question. Right now, we have, I think we're planning to write five more songs. We had three. We were going to record eight songs instrumentally. We chose five and to pursue them as a full band style of vocals. So we had the music to three. And then on top of that, I mean, Dupat has material for days, and we have, like, so many jams that we just, like, I'll start a riff on bass and then that we've captured live. And so we have a lot of material to, to pull from. And that's one of the struggles about being in a, you know, a, just a small upstart band is that we're also trying to play out and just get our name out there. And so it's hard to balance the two. Um, we're playing like three shows this month. We're playing down in kind of around the San Diego area with a band called Monolith, doing a, a show trade and bringing them up here to Hollywood, playing Loaded. We're playing next Friday in a kind of an East L.A., the satanic Hispanic scene um, type of club called The Airliner with some just more underground like punk and, and and in super heavy bands, uh, death metal bands. And also one of the, there's a band called Grand, um, Grand Lord Highmaster, which was also included that list for Metal Assault. And they got on the bill, which is, which is also cool. I, th- I think that Ivan contacted them or maybe Pat just made him aware of the show. And, um, in February, we're going to be playing in the Inland Empire. Uh, we're opening up for Vinny Apathy has a black, Sabbath tribute band called Black Sabatack. Okay. And what's the guitar player's name? He was like, uh, he was in Jag Panzer. Guitar player's name, Joey Tafola. Oh, okay. So some, some of these gigs, they've kind of, we're pursuing shows. There's, he, I'm trying to look at it like, we can't, we can't just go just tour the United States. We can't just go take six weeks off. And so there's a lot of opportunity. I'm trying to, I'm trying to just network with what's available here locally, but you know, like Orange County, LA, um, every, like within, within an hour, within two hours, there's so many different places that people don't, people stick to their area. So there's a lot to explore in that sense, but I do want to go, I, I really want to hit a West coast tour. And the, and the only other problem is from being on the West Coast is that between us and the Midwest, there's the deserts, then the mountains, then the plains. 
So you're really isolated. So it's difficult. What, I, what I'd like to also do is fly into Detroit. Ivan is also from Detroit and Pat's from Chicago. Then I got a lot of friends. We all have friends in Detroit. Pat has friends in Chicago. Also, I'm friends with the guys from Ida Klein who are from Chicago. I just did a show with them over the holidays, just sat in and, and played a song with them. That was a blast. But the idea would be to, like, not take four days to drive out there, just fly out there, borrow gear from friends, hopefully borrow a minivan and uh, do like Detroit, maybe a Battle Creek, Chicago, Milwaukee. Uh, and there's so many markets like really close to that area. And that way we could just spread the word. And so we're going to like, uh, I'd like to approach things. I'd love to be on tour. But, uh, um, and so I want to get to that step. But just kind of like we're a no-name band, just, just be honest. I mean, no one's heard of us. For us to just like buy a van and then just hop in and just book a six-week DIY tour, I don't think that's the best strategy. Right. I think you're just going to lose your ass, and I think you're going to drive 14 hours a day or you're going to drive 8 to 14 hours a day and play for uh, five to six people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that you got to be careful. Otherwise, you're going to just destroy yourself. Uh, and, and financially, and then ban morale, and people, and that's not the way to do it. So, taking advantage of the local shows, doing a West Coast tour, hopefully doing a fly-in tour, and then from then, hopefully we impress some people. Hopefully, some word gets out. Maybe some better opportunities arise. So that's how we have to do things. I will say, what's neat about the a lot of the local shows is, I, I think all of them have come to us. It's been it's been promoters that have heard about us and say, hey, you want to be part of this show? And we're like, yeah. So the word's getting out, and we need to keep getting it out. <laughs> cool. Hopefully. That's the plan. Hopefully people that listen to this show will uh, will dig the not only the interview, but the samples of the songs that we are going to play, and hopefully they'll um, – They'll get their local scene interested, but it, it is very interesting, all the points you've brought up. Obviously, you've been in various bands, and you've seen the you know high points and low points where it, yeah. it still sort of boggles my mind that there are still bands doing quite the opposite of what you mentioned. It's almost like... Uh, l like the guy trying to date that chick that everyone knows is trouble, but that they mm. keep thinking, I'm going to be the guy to turn it around. <laughs> you know, it just everyone has their own philosophy, yeah. and, and good for them. And some people, everyone's lifestyles and what they're able to do, you know, with bands, um, what type of support they might be able to have. There's so many things like a band has to acquire transportation, and then that transportation has to be reliable, and then the band has to afford gasoline, and then the band has to sleep somewhere, which could be. Not, I mean, my experience was always the van or a friend's floor, but all this takes work. Other bands might have, like I said, other avenues of support and be able to afford hotels. They might have better connections. So um, we're just working with what we have to work with. But it's, it's just reality, man. I mean, who doesn't right. want to own a freaking Maserati or a Ferrari? <laughs> you can't afford it. You can't afford it, dude. Right. Sorry. <laughs> right? But that doesn't mean you can't drive a Ford Ranger around and get your shit done. Absolutely. <laughs> um, 
Let's talk a little bit about uh, the other projects that you're involved with, because obviously um, you've also sent me material for two other projects. Um, You mentioned uh, Giovanni a little bit earlier on. You're involved Mm -hmm. in a project that he started up. Uh, Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, Giovanni's band, Omachita. And he's been working on this forever. He had demos of this when I was playing with him in White Wizard. And they weren't recorded, but he had the music. I think it was just uh, written on MIDI. Mm -hmm. He wrote all the music himself. Wow. And when he parted ways with White Wizard, I think he just put all of his passion into making this band a reality. And uh, Will Walner was one of the guitar players who was also in White Wizard with him. They recorded uh, their their first EP with Ralph Patlin, also from the White Wizard camp. And it sounds great. And I remember talking to him uh, after Gypsy Hawk uh, broke up. And I was like, hey, man, I mean, let me know. I, you know at the time, I was not I was trying out projects and, and looking for projects. And, and you know, I, I'd heard his music. And I was like, it's really good. So let me know if you need a guitar player. And he was all, he was, you know, he had his, his band. Will ended up moving to Berlin. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he needed a guitar player. And he was shooting a video over the summer. And he just got a new singer. And so we shot the video, which was the most strenuous video I've ever done in my life. <laughs> because it was eight, and we did it for eight hours at this, uh, this storage space slash uh, fucking video studio, whatever you want to call it. Um, when they set it up, they set up some lights and whatnot. But it was eight hours of performance footage. My neck and that music. The music is like Testament meets Slayer. Right. I mean, it's just a quick, quick analogy of that. I mean, it's speed metal thrash. And so you're just banging your head nonstop. And it, <laughs> it hurts so hard, man. I mean, I, so, and it's also like a two and a half minute song. It's hilarious. I mean, I'm like, how many angles can you even think of to shoot people like banging their heads <laughs> and playing the tune? But quite a few, apparently. So that video came out. It's really cool. By Om Chida and, um, and uh yeah find it they're on facebook definitely look into it and he is in italy now mm-hmm. and um he's been he's been writing new songs he's going to record i don't know how many but he asked me to do a solo which i recorded here in my apartment and uh, i wrote it out for his tune and i sent it to him and it's it's just like the clean tone I had to figure out how to do that at my apartment, which was interesting. So it's like, you listen to it as I'm recording it, I can hear it with distortion through a Mm plug-in. And then when I send it to him, I take the plug-in off, and it's just a pure, clean, undistorted sound from the electric guitar. Right. Which just sounds terrible. Thank God for (laughs) distortion. I can tell you that, man. It's like the solo sounds ripping, and then you take the distortion off. It's like, ugh. Such a different philosophy, man. Gosh, I don't know how those jazz guys do it. And, um, yeah, and then actually Will is going to reamp it, like put it through his rig right. and make it sound, but to get the tone, like a better tone, not just like my, you know, I have a little line six, uh, which is great for demos, but, you know, mm-hmm. get a professional sound out of it. And and that should come out at some point. So that's that project's called Omachita. But, oh, and then it's, you know, that's an Italian pronunciation i thought it would have been omicida or omicida right but omicida o-m-i-c-i-d-a and and check it out 
there's a video right up there on the on the Facebook page. Yeah, he got it in Revolver magazine, I think, too, which is pretty tight. Yeah, he he um one of the tracks was released by them exclusively before he even got up on Bandcamp or anything and and similar to what you mentioned, when I, I interviewed him in person uh, when he was touring with White Wizard w- right before he left the band, and he had actually mm-hmm. mentioned you know everything that you had said. We had talked about influences and whatnot, and he was saying, oh, well, you know, my influences are really um, Dave Lombardo and Paul Bostoff, and, you know, and he was saying, this is what I really want to record. I have this thrash album that I'm going to be working on, and some at some point down the road, I'm going to do it. So just hearing you describe it, it was as if he was describing it to me, so... That was pretty cool. Yeah, Giovanni. <laughs> and um, uh, he's passionate about music, man. He's been, he's been trying to do this forever, just like all of us have. Yeah, it's pretty interesting just to watch everybody. There's this. There is a scene out here. It's like underground. It might not be popular, but between White Wizard, Holy Grail, Huntress, Gypsy Hawk. Now we got Iron Eye. Now you got Omachita. Like, where's everybody going with these bands? They're still really creating music, right? All within a, a, an enclosed area, and then we like run into guy X Mortis in there, uh, Night Demon. There's a, like a lot of bands that you know trade shows and are on the same circuit, you know, at one point or the other, and it's it's pretty cool. Awesome, and so, yeah. you have one other band. Uh, that you've been working with. Um, I learned of the guitarist uh, by what you had um, sent me, some information you'd sent me on the band, but also someone who's been on the uh, show plenty of times is actually uh, Patrick Kennison, who is playing with Lito Ford right now and has another band called um, Heaven Below. And the two of you sort of have had the same opinion about the guitarist that you have in Void Vader, being one of the most talented musicians you guys have ever played with. Yeah. Um, so that's what I love about this town, man. Once again, this is another project that uh, I was introduced to. Like, hey, man, you want to come out and jam? And it was a friend of mine who was named Joey who was playing drums. And I was like, sure. Yeah, it was one of those things. I was almost like, eh, am I going to be lazy tonight and watch Netflix or play Xbox? Or I'm like, <laughs> get off your ass. Get your guitar out there and go jam. I had never met these dudes before. And yes, Lucas Canopa, that's who we're talking about. The guitar player in Heaven Below and, and, and Void Vader, which is his band. Mm-hmm. And, and um, he, he's so good. Like he could, easily, he could be Megadeth's new guitar player. He could be the new guitar player for Ozzy Osbourne. He's he's just top, you know, A-list, A-list, like 100%. So it's super inspiring. In fact, I've never been in a band where I'm like second-chair guitar player. <laughs> <laughs> and once again, that's kind of fun, to be quite honest, man. Me and him go on great. I mean, I think he really respects my playing and enjoys my ideas. And, and um, the band's evolved over since when I first formed you know there's been some some band member changes he's got his buddy herman who also was in white wizard for a little bit of time after giovanni that's like how small this like group of heavy metal musicians are right but anyway that didn't quite work out for him he was like for a while he was doing void vader and white wizard and 
recently parted ways with that with a uh, white wizard. But um, both those dudes, Lucas and Herman, are from Uruguay, uh-huh. and have been here for like oh uh, quite a while, I don't know seven years something like that, and and um, just super talented dudes. And uh, this uh, a dude named Ian Shea on bass, and um, you know we I'd been I don't even know how I run into these people, but like we maybe through Facebook or something. Maybe Ian had had like after Gypsy Hawk, I was looking for a project, and we were looking for a bass player because I remember yeah it was me Andrew from Gypsy Hawk who's a guitarist, and Ian, and we were just like jamming. We didn't have a bass player, so that's where I must have found him. He's like expressed interest, schedules didn't align. Finally got him to come out in audition for Boyd Vader, and so uh, so that prod that lineup's been together. This newest lineup, I guess, since the summer, and we're doing an EP with Ulrich Wild, and uh, he's a producer. He's um he's done all the Death Clock albums. He's done uh he's worked with Pantera. He's done Deftones. He's done like a, a, a White Zombie. I mean, he's he's once again another just like like heavy metal producer from like from super heavy side of metal to like uh more commercial side like buck cherry so it's like a well-rounded like rock metal producer and that uh should be a five it will be a five song ep and hope to have it done in the spring and that band like we're playing a gig in a couple weeks at a bar in north hollywood called skinnies and uh yeah we're writing music and and we'll see what happens. That's that band is is also different. Um, it's more of a I would call it an active radio rock band. Like it's a band that could. I mean, most radio I guess doesn't play new music. Right. But if it did, it would be on the the heavier, harder side of what radio would play. So that's why I call it just like an active. So maybe something more for, for on, that they'd play on Sirius XM. And uh, maybe some Avenged Sevenfold, Kill Switch Engage, mixed with like Soundgarden, and heck, maybe even the Foo Fighters. So it's, it's a different, another different style. And I get to play, I get to play guitar in it and keep my chops up. <laughs> <laughs> Do a couple solos here and there. Add a riff here and there. So yeah, we got rehearsal tonight. So those are my three projects that are that are happening right now, and it's you know it's it's tough to balance for sure, and I don't know that I will be able to balance it all, but it's important just to to stay busy because rock and roll is incredibly fragile, mm-hmm. and I mean things can just crumble instantaneously underneath you. So I've had that happen quite a few times, and and. I don't know, just trying to just trying to make a wave, man. That's what it takes. Just trying to, to show people and, and just put music out. That's what's really important to me is to create music and release these albums. And people, I think people do, I think there are people out there that are looking for new music, and that's who we're trying to reach out to. Like, check this out. I'm sick of hearing the same old playlist from 1991. Me too. <laughs> Great tunes, but I don't, you know, I mean, God, I don't need to hear Led Zeppelin's Black Dog again. I don't right. need to hear, et cetera, et cetera. I don't even know what I'm, I'm getting at. All these, yeah, yeah. There is new music. There's a need. I do feel that there's people that truly want to find new music. 
and we need to get it out to them. Yeah, I and agree. we need guys like you. We need guys like you that are helping spread the word and hopefully having a filter. I mean, hopefully you're like, I'm not just going to accept any band. I'm going to try and project this as a style of music that I love, and I want to push this particular form of music, be it heavy metal and what this part of heavy metal, or if it's just going to be rock. But I'm going to try and promote this and, and, and wave this banner and, and try and, and get exposure for it. So that's, we appreciate you, Victor. <laughs> well, and that's exactly what I uh, enjoy doing. It's uh, it's a shame when you hear people uh, talk about, well, there's, the new bands have it so hard because of downloading, because of this, because of that. And there's a very famous uh, show host that I won't mention <laughs> who um, mm -hmm. recently had this sort of a discussion. And, and it, killed me i blew up laughing because they ask him they say well so what new bands are you listening to and he turns deadpan to the camera and says well this new band i helped put together is the winery dogs and it's mike portnoy and billy sheehan and richie cuts and i'm like that isn't a new fucking band yeah it's a new band but none of those guys need the sort of press you're giving to get a this new band over. It would be like saying, you know, well, I have a new band with Jimmy Page, uh, Dave Grohl, and something else, you know. Well, <laughs> they did the, what the Vultures. Yeah. I know the super group you're talking about. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, and, and, and I would like to comment on that, is that is that dude's agenda. I mean, I have a feeling I know who you're talking about, but it doesn't really <laughs> matter. That's his agenda. That's his passion. And you know what? Good for him. <laughs> but what right. we need, not not just talking about me, but I guess this particular generation of what whatever bands are out now, it's not just about the bands. It's about the guys behind the scenes, guys like you, guys like back in the day, like Johnny Z, who basically made Metallica, right? Without him, I don't think they would have been anywhere. Right. It's guys like that that have a passion for a particular style of music and want to pursue it just like a musician would pursue their craft just like a yeah. musician would try to write a song and and we need guys like that um and we need them to become successful <laughs> i need <laughs> you to become powerful and and have an audience and 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 that's also challenging not just for musicians nowadays but for up-and-coming journalists Like Andrew from Metal Assault, that guy should be a celebrity music uh, writer, jur music journalist. Yeah, and and he he's that talented and that passionate. That dude that shows every day, he knows every band that's ever existed in the face of the earth, from the, from the past and that are out now that you've never heard of, and he's probably seen them. That guy should be uh, recognized. That guy should be able to make a living wage through his craft. And that's how it was. And so the, the previous bands had that. They had a, not just the music, but there was a push behind them. So uh, that's how it is. Um, and, and that's, you guys are definitely unsung heroes and, and should be in that position. I, and I hope there's a way for you guys to break through as well. I mean, as much as us bands are trying to like find a way to make it man <laughs> i hope that you guys do as well i hope all the aspiring artists as in journalists and broadcasters podcasters radio hosts 
um, record label like PR types. I mean, I hope they all find a way as well to do this for real mm-hmm. so they can get their voice heard and they can make their impact. And that's what's really, I, I would assume, got to be special. I mean, that's the TV host that you're talking about. Here's my opportunity to promote an upcoming band. I'm going to promote this, the winery docs. Well, that's his choice, and that's great. Well, hopefully, Victor, you get a chance to like have a, a big a pulpit, a position where you can be like, I would like to expose this band. Boom, this is a band that I'm very passionate about and think has something special to offer this generation. That's what all, you know, like Iron Maiden had uh, this, this, this DJ, Heck White Wizard, wrote about him in one of the songs, and it's like Neil somebody. And, but a lot of the classic bands that we've grown up with and are just iconic legends had that. They had someone that was super passionate about them and pushed them, but also pushed them on a professional level. Right. It wasn't just like them yeah, just talking to their friends, but like almost made it a career to to fucking push this band to the next level. And and kind of also you got to share in the spoils of the glory, the fun, the the uh lifestyle. It was it was good. So yeah, brother. There are definitely bands out there and hopefully I know there are people out there that are that want to hear new music. And uh, keep exposing it, man. The good stuff, turning people's heads. And check out, check out Ironot. All our all our music's free at Bandcamp.com and CDBaby.com. Free to stream all day, all night. It's all free on YouTube. We obviously got that new video, but then I found out it was like it was like Doctor Stoner Sludge, and someone else had like put our whole album already on on YouTube, like as a full album, then also individual songs. And I was like. Awesome, man. I actually, thanks for saving me the time to do that because I was going to do that myself. <laughs> but uh, check out Omachita. Check out Void Vader. And uh, you know, Omachita's got music and videos, and Void Vader, we're going to have music soon. And that's all I can say, man. Check it out and hope you like it. If you are, you know, well, obviously, you know, purchasing a CD or a Anything is great, but also just reposting videos, reposting a song. If you don't have the money to to invest in a band, just reposting a video does a lot to help a band. Uh, writing a comment on their on their YouTube page that does a lot to help a band. So I'm not sure if people are aware of that. I listen to a lot of podcasts, uh, not just in the music world, but the the comedy world, and that's what they they're always talking about you know, wanting to improve in the rankings and iTunes. And they're like, folks, I have like 9,000 downloads this last episode, but what I really need is comments. Because mm-hmm. for some reason, in the, the way their algorithm for iTunes works, it's like comments, the weight yeah. is like bigger. And be like, Dude, you could comment anything. Just say, great show, like the candles of rock, and leave it at that. But these small things that, that are free, if you don't have any money to help, you know, uh, you know, help bands out or, or buy anything, just just reposting and, and writing comments does a lot for bands and artists. Yeah, the um, spread com- the word, spread <laughs> the filth. Go ahead, bud. Yeah, the comments on iTunes also help uh, advertisers. They tend to go off of that as well. So both things. There you go, and it, and it makes sense, doesn't it? You know, yeah. I mean, it's people are just going to look at quick black and white figures like, oh, that's a viable. This guy is. 
this is someone we should invest in. If we invest, this guy has the numbers where I think if we pay for a, a small ad, people will hear it. Yeah. Makes, makes sense, you know. It's still the same world. It's just, it's just changed now. Yeah, but absolutely. But at the end of the day, a dollar is still a dollar. Yep. <laughs> hey, this is Eric from Ironot, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. <laughs> Yeah. 
The Galaxy of Geeks podcast is four guys talking all things geek, whether that's Star Wars, Marvel vs. DC, TV shows, movies, or anything in between. We have all the geek bases. Go to galaxyofgeeks.net to find out more. Punch it! Forged from the fires that created a long-lost brotherhood of podcasts comes the Blast Syndicate. We are made up of Focus on Metal, Inside Metal, Iron City Rocks, Mars Attacks, Metal Geeks, MSR Cast, Neckbreaker, Radioactive Metal, and Wiki Metal. We are the Blast Syndicate. Go to BlastSyndicate.com to find out more. Get blasted. Okay, before the commercial break, we had Void Vader with the track Abyss. And way back before the interview, we had a little Iron Knot there. Uh, We are going to be posting the video within the show notes, so definitely check that out. I want to thank Eric for coming back on and apologize to him for um, wanting to get the interview out sooner and just not being able to do so so there you go sorry truly am um anyway i want to thank all you guys for listening please check out everything else that i mentioned before this ear peeler um uh, galaxy of geeks podcast as well if you're into that sort of stuff Uh, we're looking for writers for the site as well so if you want to write about any sci-fi type stuff or video games or even board games or whatnot, uh, we could be an outlet for that. So, cool. Thanks again for listening. We're going to leave you with a little Omichita. I'm not sure if Eric played on this track or not, so I do have to apologize about that. Um, The thing is, Will Walner, who we've had on the show before, who I've also interviewed as part of Talking Metal, um, he played lead guitar in a lot of this. And there have been some lineup changes since this was recorded. Uh, unfortunately, there have been different changes going back and forth. And um, so again, I'm, I'm not exactly sure who played on this. This was actually sent to me by Giovanni himself. And I should really get him on the show to talk about the band. I know that, as Eric mentioned, they're working on something new, so I'm sure he'll reach out or vice versa and we'll we'll have him on. Anyway, from Abyss by Void Vader, let's go to Into the Abyss by Omichita to end the show. Thank you once again. See you next time right here on the Mars Attacks podcast.